0: The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. Today we hear from our youth pastor, Pastor Shane DeLisi, as he brings the Word of God from Galatians 2.20. In a sermon he's entitled, I Have Been Crucified with Christ. Let's join Shane now as he gives the message. I'm Shane DeLisi, the youth pastor,
1: missions coordinator here at Rancho Baptist Church, and we're getting in the Word Grab your Bibles, turn to Galatians 2.20, and if you don't have a Bible this morning, you can uh, grab one in front of you, Galatians 2.20. It's a blessing to bring the Word this morning. I'm encouraged by God's body here at Rancho Baptist Church at RBC, um, and the work He's doing through transforming His people and making us more Christ-like. That's the main goal, God making us more like His Son, Jesus Christ, and uh, so praise God for that. Um, life is all about God and His glory, amen? It's all about giving Him glory, and uh, it's been neat. That's been a theme as we have been going through the life of Moses here on Sunday mornings, and uh, yet this needs to be our focus every day of our lives, all about God's glory. So, before we get going here in Galatians 2.20, um, let me pray. We have some some of our girls here from Rancho Baptist Church, some of our college uh, girls in Kuliakon, and uh, they're there for the next four weeks. Uh, they've been there for a week, and so we want to be praying for Paige Stroder and then Taylor Grigsby, and then we're also sending out a small team um, of Stacy Meyer, um, Suzanne Kiss, and then Jonathan Moncada. They're going in two weeks to meet them there in Kuliakon as well. So let's pray for them this morning, and also pray that God would just open up our hearts to His Word, and uh, let's pray. Father, we can't thank You enough for Your Word, for Your nearness that is just our joy. Lord, we thank You so much just for these girls, Paige Schroeder and Taylor Grigsby, who have answered Your call to go to Culiacon, Mexico for five weeks, Lord. To be used by You in such a powerful way, Lord, we pray that You would guard and protect their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that You would just protect them, Lord, but also grow them, Father, to be young women that love You more, that are more Christ-like, that are giving You glory in their everyday life. Father, I pray for us here, Lord, as well. Father, that we, as we turn to Your Word, will receive just the food of Your Word, Lord, that You'd feed Your sheep this morning, that You'd feed us Your Word, that we'd obey it, respond to it. Father, it's all for Your glory and for Your praise. We love You so much. Thank You so much for Your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. So it's Missions Emphasis Sunday, and uh, as you guys see the flags around, you guys are trying to guess what they are already. I know you are in your mind. You're distracted by them. You're like, what country is that? We, I, I'm bringing the message this morning through Galatians 2.20, but we need to be sending, going, and praying here from our church. And the encouraging part about Rancho Baptist is we're doing that, yet we want to do it more. We want to do it more. We want to go, pray, send more people out. Uh, to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And here's my question this morning. Do you have a heart for the nations? Do you have a heart for others to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and uh, praying for those to respond in faith and come to know our Lord? Um, I want to shepherd God's church to love the glory of God and have a passion for the things that He is passionate about. Does that make sense? have a passion for the things that God is passionate about. And I want us to be mindful of going to the ends of the earth and preaching the gospel. The gospel. So, as we turn our our Bibles to Galatians 2.20, we want to ask ourselves, what does this mean to die to our own plans? Have we died to ourselves? Are we doing that daily? Have we died to our own plans, our own passions and our own desires? What does it mean to crucify the flesh and that we have been crucified with Christ? Let's read in Galatians 2.20 this morning. And that's the title of our sermon, Uh, I have been crucified with Christ. Let's read there. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And this morning in your bulletin, you have a little sheet there. There's fill-ins. Do you guys see the fill-ins? They're in between each line. That's for you to fill in. We're going through a lot of Scripture this morning, and we're going to tear this verse apart phrase by phrase as we go through this morning. Realizing, what does it mean that we are crucified with Christ? What does that even mean that I no longer live, but Christ lives now in me? We're going to be tearing that apart. And and to bring some just history and where we're at in Galatians here, uh, Paul speaking to the church in Galatia, uh, chapter two, verse sixteen. Here up on the screen. This kind of sets sets the tone for this passage of scripture. Um, Galatians two sixteen. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So this is a letter written to the church in Galatian, really battling the false teaching that was going on there. What was the false teaching? There was another gospel, or the gospel, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ was being distorted, perverted, back to a works-based system, alright? And we see that clearly in Galatians 2.16. They were preaching that we have some part in our salvation. Do we have any part in our salvation? No, not at all. So glad you guys said that this morning. Paul was clearly speaking out against these wolves in sheep's clothing that were coming in preaching another gospel, We read this in Galatians chapter one, verse six to nine. Turn there in your Bibles, or maybe a page or on the same page. Galatians one six through nine. Let's read that together. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Let them that are preaching that, that other gospel contrary to the one that, you've, that has been preached here in Galatia, be accursed. Do you know what that word accursed means? Be damned. Right? Right? Pretty strong words. Do you and I have a great love for the pure gospel of Jesus Christ? The pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And are you sharing this gospel? And are you defending this gospel? Galatians chapter 1 verse 13 to 16 says this, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, this is Paul speaking, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his what? By his grace. Paul was doing everything Judaism had to offer and was extremely zealous for doing the traditions and works of those who had gone before him. But here's what he acknowledges. He acknowledges that God had revealed Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ, to Paul and was saved through Christ's blood. Saved through Him. Not on the basis of good works, but on the basis of God's grace. God's grace. God has given us something very good that we don't deserve. I don't deserve. And it's His grace. I don't deserve God's grace. It's a free gift given to me. It's, it's amazing. Given to us. That grace of God is so beautiful. And then Paul says that he was sent to preach his message, this message, the good news, the gospel, to the Gentiles. And we read again in Galatians 2.16, "...yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, because by works of the law no one will be justified." we need to realize this morning that no one will be justified by the works of the law, by our own, by our own works. And what does it mean? What does beat to be justified mean? It means that we are declared righteous. We are declared righteous. It's this beautiful exchange. Jesus takes on our sin, we get His righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Does that not overwhelm you this morning that Jesus takes all our sin, and pays for it in full, Through His death, burial, and resurrection, we receive His righteousness. You did nothing to earn it. No, you're not justified by any works of the law. It's all by His grace. It's all by His grace. So in God's courtroom, sin must be punished, and we realize through Scripture that we are all what? Sinners. We're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says this, "...for all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God." Romans 3.23. And we all need a Savior, and the only one that can pay for our sin in full is the God-man who? Jesus Christ, the God-man. Galatians 2.19 For through the law, Paul says, I died to the law so that I might live to God. And that's what we're talking about this morning. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I'm dead. Christ now lives in me. I'm living for God. I'm living for his glory. I'm living for his purposes. It's all about him. And then in Acts four twelve, I'm reminded of this, this morning as well. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Very clear. No if, ands, or buts. It's only through Jesus Christ that a person is saved, only by his grace. So now let's look at chapter 2, verse 20, our verse this morning. We will look at each phrase in this verse this morning. So the first phrase we're going to look at is, I have been crucified with Christ. What does that mean? What does that look like? What Paul says here amounts to a result or inference drawn from his co-crucifixion with Christ and the fact that Christ now lives in him. Isn't that amazing? Some of you guys are like, yeah, I love that part that, That Christ now lives in me. But then when we read, I have been crucified with Christ. I have died. We'll talk about that more. We don't like to hear that, do we? Can it be a a little bit of us and a little bit of Jesus? No, it's got to be all Jesus. None of us. We have been crucified with Christ. That's death. It's no longer us who live. it's, It's Him who lives in us. What does it mean that we have been crucified with Christ? These are questions I ask as I've been dealing in this text these past couple of weeks. Is it in the past tense here, has it already happened when God saved us through His Son? What does it mean that, that I no longer live? It isn't about me. It isn't about my schedule. It isn't about my desires. I have utterly died to myself. And you're like, well, Shane, how do you say that with a smile on your face? Because for those who are in Christ Jesus, that's a great joy. You died to self. Christ lives in you. There's, there's no greater joy than to know that you have been forgiven, that Christ's righteousness is now credited into your account, that He has taken all your sin. Some of us still think we're in control, don't we? We battle with that. Some of us live like we are the ones calling the shots. Yet we're reminded this morning... I, we, have been crucified with Christ. We are crucified with Him. It's amazing, this truth of God's Word, the reminder that we need as believers. Here's a question. Do you truly see this truth lived out in your life that you have been crucified with Christ? Is that settling in? Has that settled in already as a a believer, but also this morning, that you have been crucified with Him? In those spaces on your sheets that you have there's going to be a lot of scripture what I would encourage you to do is read through Galatians 2.20 again this week write down the scripture that we're going to be going through go through those scriptures again during the week man if you think that you can just come to Sundays and be nourished on the word just one day a week that is a lie you need to be in the word on your own taking scripture from Sunday morning going through it going deeper during the week if you don't already have stuff that you're going through in God's word we need the Lord daily don't we I need the Lord daily. Daily. So Galatians 5.24 speaks to this truth that we have been crucified with Christ. And those who belong to Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 6.14 But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me an I to the world. And then Romans 6, 4-6. We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? Newness of life. Newness of life. And He says this, For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His, We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. That's that's it, guys. Realizing daily that we have been crucified with Christ, so so what? That the body of sin might be brought to nothing. And if you are like me, you understand, if you are a believer here this morning, you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you understand the battle that I'm talking about. The battle with the sin nature. This body of sin might be brought to nothing. If you're not a believer this morning, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you know nothing of this battle with sin. Why? You're a slave to sin, still. You don't even know what's going on. Sin is what uh, is what I expect out of non-believers. For those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, sin. It's the world. It's the culture we live in. But for those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who are being renewed daily, we know that battle. And guess what God is calling us to do? Crucify that sin nature. Realize the fact that you have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but it's at Christ who lives within us. So that body of sin might be brought to nothing. I hate the sin nature. I want that body of sin to be brought to nothing. Yet we look forward to what? Just as we've been united with Him in His death, we shall certainly be united with Him in His resurrection. Amen? We look forward to that new glorified body as believers. Sin no longer is a part of us. Is that even just weird to think about? That we will no longer deal with sin? Amen to that, right? Praise God that we are not going to deal with that sin nature. Yet God wants us to continue to, for that sin nature to be brought to nothing. Here's the kicker. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. No longer be enslaved to sin. For those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have been crucified with Christ and are continuing to realize this truth. You're going to hear that a lot this morning. Those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You're going to hear that a lot. The next portion of this verse... Hits home for us and battles with our pride. It is no longer I who live. No! Right? You don't live anymore. Your life has been purchased at a high price. What's that price? Jesus Christ. Son of God. Dying. Shedding His blood. We, man, we have been redeemed. And uh, we have been purchased. What does it mean that Christ lives in me? So it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ now who lives in me. Now the Holy Spirit dwells in me as a believer, right? If you're a believer this morning, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. We no longer live on our own strength and power, yet we're prone to return there. God says, no, I want you to live on the power of the Holy Spirit within. Don't live on your own strength and power, but by the power of Christ at work in us and the indwelling Holy Spirit Romans 6.8 says this, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. And if you remember a couple verses before, it's this newness of life. Romans 6, this newness of life that God has called us to. That we also live with Him. If we've died with Him, we live with Him. So the call is to death so that we might truly live as believers. It's exciting. Romans 6.13 Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. He's talking about literally your, the members of your body. Hands, feet, eyeballs, brain, ears. We're, we're bringing our members before Him and we're presenting those members to Christ, to God as members of Righteousness not unrighteousness. And here's the, here's the thing, the reality. For those who have been brought from what? Death to life. That's a reality for you who have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You've crossed over from death to life. Walk in newness of life. Right? Walk in newness of life. For those who have put their faith in Christ, we have crossed over from death to life spiritually. We're going to look at this a little further. Let's take a closer look at Christ who lives in me. This is an amazing amazing fact from God's Word, the truth of God's Word, that Christ now lives in us. Christ encourages His disciples in John 14 as He talks to them about leaving this earth and going through the beatings and the mockings and being nailed to a cross. He encourages them that He will be with them. John 14. I will be with you. In John 14, 19 through 20, it says this Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in. I in you. Man, that's good. Christ living, dwelling in us. John seventeen twenty one. That they may know that well, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. There's this unity with the Holy Trinity, and then with us too, as God, is our Heavenly Father. Second Corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you fail to meet the test for those of us who have examined ourselves we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ you need to realize Christ is in you Jesus Christ in you ephesians 3:17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith first Col- uh, colossians not first colossians colossians chapter 1 verse 27 To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. What's the mystery? Which is Christ in you. That's the great mystery. He's our hope of glory. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. What an amazing hope we have in Christ. Amen? Amazing hope that we have in Christ. I can't can't even boast to myself. There's no hope within me at all. And the sooner we come to the end of ourselves to realize my, my only hope is, is Jesus Christ. He's my hope of glory. Are you overwhelmed this morning at the truth that Christ dwells in you as a child of God? Go back to Galatians 2.20. We'll look at that next phrase. And the life I now live, in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God. Now I live in newness of life. There is only new life in Christ. You see this statement many times in the New Testament. Paul's letters are flooded with this wording. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. You have a new life in Christ. Newness of life. You read through Paul's letters. And what does this mean to live by faith? we, We still live in these bodies of flesh, yet what is God calling us to do? Live by faith. In these bodies, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I'm no longer living for myself because I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, this life that I'm living, still in this flesh, I battle with sin, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live according to Him now. I live this life by faith, trusting the Lord in all things, knowing that He knows best, and I don't. And Scripture is clear. We live this life by faith. Galatians 3.11 now it is evident that no man is justified before God by the law or good works. Sounds familiar? Galatians two sixteen. For the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Hebrews eleven six and without faith it is impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who seek Him. Second Corinthians five seven. We walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And He died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves. There's that continued theme. But for Him who for their sake died and was raised. And the anthem now for us as God's children is what? Live for God. Live for God. Rest in His grace. You can do nothing to earn His favor or His grace. Return to Jesus. He is our hope of glory. And then 1 Peter 4, 1-2. through 2. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions. But what are we to live for? For the will of God. For the will of God. And I love that. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, in these bodies that we we're just like, ugh, I can't wait till those glorified bodies where sin no longer reigns. But how are we to live now for the rest of time in the flesh? No longer for human passions, but for the what? For the will of God. For the will of God. And here's another great truth we get from this verse. Our next phrase from Galatians 2.20. The Son of God who loved me. You are dearly loved this morning as a child of God. Christ who loves me Ephesians 2, 4-5 But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Romans 5, 8 Some of you guys know this well. But God demonstrates or shows His love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Colossians 3, 3-4 For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. First Peter 1, 8 and 9 Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And then some of you guys are familiar with this, right? This next verse. Maybe some of you guys are familiar with this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Revelation 1.5 I'm giving you a lot of Scripture to go through during the week, right? just want to make sure we're going through a lot of Scripture. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood. And then it says this in Galatians 2:20. Not only did Christ love us, he showed and demonstrated that love. Why? He gave himself. For me. He gave himself for us. He demonstrates that love. 1 Thessalonians 1:10. And to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. God has done everything for us. He has done everything. For His children, He has given us salvation through His Son, and now He's calling us to live in Him, not for ourselves. 1 John 4, 9-10, through 10, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, and that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Only through Jesus Christ can we have forgiveness of sin. Is that the Gospel message that we're proclaiming daily? Daily. Daily. 1 John 5, 11 to 13 And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, the truth of God's Word transforms us and changes us to not be like the world. Right? Transforms us. God's Word transforms us to not be like the world, but be transformed into the likeness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ who we have been crucified with. We have been crucified with Him. Now we long, I hope it's your prayer and your heart passion, now we long to obey and please Him. Why? Because Christ has done everything for us. Now, it's, it, this is one of my life verses. Second Corinthians 5.9 So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. We make it our passion. You think of an arch, you know, an archer where they're aiming at that target. We we make it our aim not to just oh how do we obey please God? No, we make it our aim to please Him. And how do we know how to please Him? The Word. And if you're not in the Word, you're not going to know how to please Him. We make it our aim to please Him. I want to make it my aim to please the One who has saved me from my sin, who I have been crucified with. It's no longer I who live. But God who lives in me. What is God calling us to do? What is His plan for RBC? What is His call to His beloved church? What is His plan for the nations? We see that, guess what, in God's Word. (laughs) You can't go away from God's Word. This is His plan. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mark sixteen fifteen. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Mark sixteen, fifteen. And then Acts one eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, even to By the way, Menephi. Right? Like <laughs> Even to the ends of the earth, Hemet, right? I mean, we were joking around. We, we went snow tubing with the junior hires last night. And we were coming down the mountain. As kids were, we were driving in town off the 215 South. And kids were like, Hemet. I think one of our kids like, Hemet, one mile. And I'm like, no, that's just the turnoff, 74. It takes you to Hemet. And we were just joking around about that. Because this is, stuff has been fresh in my mind. And uh, Temecula, Menifee, Hemet of all places. Uh, to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power. This is God's plan. Do you know that? This is God's plan. It's not my plan. This is God's will. It's not your will, my will. This isn't my desire. These are God's desires. This is what He's called us to do as a church. This is what He's called us to do as His people. I'm encouraged by it. By the power of God at work in us, we stop living for ourselves because we have died to ourselves and start living for God. It is Christ who lives in me. May we live for God's glory and fame and not our own achievements or desires. Those things might be come together at times, but may we not be busy doing our wills, but may we be about the Lord's work. Be about the Lord's work in these last days. I'm encouraged in Ephesians 2.10. This is so encouraging. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's what we were created for. Which God prepared beforehand that we should not... Or we should walk in them. So not only did God save us, that was a whole work that he did. He's put good works before us that we should walk in them in obedience to him. He's done everything for us. Lord, you saved me. Worship you. Lord, you've even put out these good works for me to walk in obedience to you. Help me to walk in obedience to your will. That is amazing to me. God does it all. He does everything. God has already created us for good works, which He has already prepared before Him that we should walk in them. We need to be walking in obedience and denying ourselves and realizing that we have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer we who live or I who live, but Christ lives in us for His glory and His pleasure. His pleasure and His glory, not for us. We live for Him. How are you living for Him? this is what i pray that would be a great desire for us titus 2:14 jesus christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works which he has already prepared beforehand for us to walk in is that not amazing it's all about him He's purifying for Himself a people for His own possession. Are you proclaiming among the nations the amazing truth that God has poured out His love on you and that He gave Himself for you? Christ loves you. Oh, by the way, He gave Himself for you. Are you proclaiming that? Proclaiming that. Are you living lives in obedience to Christ or are we living busy lives that show that Christ is not first and supreme? He has to be master, first supreme over all. We need to be living lives that reflect that. And as we draw near to Christ and grow in our love and obedience to Him, we should expect our lives to look more like Christ, right? I mean, are you tracking with that? As you draw near to Jesus Christ, as you're spending time in the Word, you should expect that your life is going to look more like Jesus Christ. Amen? Are you Are you longing for that? I am longing for that. Lord, work in this body. this uh, For Your glory, lead me, guide me. The funny thing is, is, as we look more like Christ, we will experience the thing, same, same things that Christ experienced here on earth. So as we draw near to Christ, we're going to look more like Christ. We're going to live lives that are pleasing to Christ. But guess what? We're going to experience the same things that Christ did. Philippians 1, 29. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. So we're going to suffer, we're going to be persecuted, we're going to have insults hurled at us, and we're going to be hated because we are lovers of truth. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Romans 5.3-5 says this, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 1 Peter 4.13 But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. These are challenging days. If you guys remember... Uh, uh, a email from Pastor Matt about the top ten countries where Christians are persecuted. I don't know what you guys do with those emails. Hopefully you don't just delete them and go, oh, Pastor Matt, you know. Um, <laughs> hopefully you actually read them, go through them. But we are living in some challenging days for the spread of the gospel to unreached people groups. We're going to talk about that at the end of our our service today. You think of North Korea, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, isolated villages in Northeast Asia, and the danger zones in Iran, Iraq, Pakistan. I mean, it, it's just crazy. Are we willing to pay the price to, eat, to reach these unreached people groups? That's, what, that's my question. I go, Lord, this is crazy. Are we willing? Those who want to be safe and have an easy life, guess what? Don't draw near to Jesus. If you want to have a safe and easy life, don't draw near to Jesus. Because those who draw near to Jesus will be what? Persecuted, hated, and will suffer. Yet, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Living for Jesus Christ. Living for God. This will happen naturally as we are transformed into Christ's likeness. And we'll end on this. We'll land the plane. A couple of quotes here by a pastor named David Platt. This is the unavoidable conclusion. To anyone wanting a safe, carefree life, staying away from danger, stay away from Jesus. But Shane, I live in cushy southern Cal. Temecula of all places, right? The Bible Belt. Of California, maybe? I've heard it said that. The shame. If the Bible were preached more, I'd call it the Bible Belt of California. If the Bible were preached more in churches here. But it's not, sadly. Here's the quote. Because the more your life is identified with Christ, the more the world will respond to our lives like they did to Christ, right? Naturally. Naturally. And then the completion, David Platt also says this, the completion of the Great Commission will include great suffering But eternity will prove it was worth the price. Eternity will prove that it was worth the price. Why? People are hearing the Gospel. God's working in people's lives to change them from death to life spiritually. Is that no no greater thing? If you have ever witnessed a person coming to faith in Jesus Christ, is there no greater thing? And if you have not, pray for that. That you would be able to be involved in that experience of God changing someone from the inside out from death to life spiritually, that someone would respond to the truth. And then I'm encouraging this by Scripture, 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whatever you do, what? Do all for the glory of God. It's all about Him and His glory. Love the glory of God among the nations. We want things to be easier as we grow in our walk with Christ, but that is not how it works. That's not how it works. I, guys, as I draw, draw closer to Jesus Christ, things are getting harder because we're battling the culture more. God is doing a work in me to to be more like Christ. It's getting harder. So as we're growing into Christ's likeness and denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following Him, it is going to be harder. We will have trials. We will have attacks on us and difficulties. So how is this message comforting this morning? You're like, I came to be comforted. Well, it is comforting. Turn back to Galatians 2.20 if you're still there. Let's read it again. It is comforting. This, it, it's comforting to those who have already lost their lives. Because if you are on a daily basis going, Lord, I, I'm, I'm dead to myself. I've been crucified with Christ. It's comforting. Why? You've already lost your life. Go live for Christ. Go live for Him. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. We'll end on this. It was said of saints of old. Dead dudes who I like to read a lot. Saints of old that they feared man so little because they feared God so much. Would that be true of us? In these last days? That we would fear man so little because we fear God so much. So may the same be said of our lives, right? The Father will take care of us. Nothing can separate us from His love. God will be sovereign over your life and over your death. He's sovereign. God is in control. The One who calls you to live in the truth that you have been crucified with Christ, He will take care of you. And so the call today is, may we live for Him. May we live for Him. The conclusion of the Great Commission will have great persecution. I think that's super true in these days. Maybe God is calling you to go uproot from here and go to one of these far-reached places and maybe to die for your faith. Or He might be calling you to 33 different languages in Riverside. You're like, what? Lunar Fest went on yesterday in Riverside. 400 gospel CDs given out to 33 different languages. So if you're like, well, Shane, I'm not going to go overseas. I'm not going to go to these, you know, well, I don't know if I can go there, my family. Well, go to Riverside. (laughs) Share the gospel to 33 different languages. 33 different represented countries and pass out the gospel in Riverside. Half hour away, 40 minutes away. God's calling us. Man, may He just drive us. Drive us to be a church that is all about His glory and the gospel. We'll end on this, Acts 14:22. Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. That's not preached every day, is it? Your life will be better if you come to Jesus. No. No. Your sin will be forgiven. You'll have new life in Christ. Your life will get harder. Why? Because you're becoming more like Christ. And if you're becoming more like Christ, you'll be treated as Christ was treated here on earth. But it's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it to be proclaiming the good news, the Gospel. Having people come to faith in Jesus Christ. How would God want to use us as a church, in our families, in our workplaces? Let's pray this morning. Father, it is encouraging Your Word for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It is so encouraging because You are sovereign and full control, Your love love for us is immense and deep. Lord, to know You, to live for You in newness of life, to proclaim the Gospel message, the pure Gospel of Jesus Christ, that it's by His grace that we are saved, not through works. Father, I pray that You would empower Your church and continue to work in our hearts in such a way that we would draw near to You that become, we'd become conformed to the image of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Looking like Christ, Lord. So that others would hear the good news the Gospel of Jesus. Lord, may You work in us, be with us, empower us as we go this week to get into these Scriptures more and more, dig deep in Your Word, and be bold witnesses for Jesus Christ, Father. It's in Christ's name
0: that we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. Here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.RanchoBaptistChurch.org That's www.RanchoBaptistChurch.org Have a great day in the Lord and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.